Good evening. Today we'll be studying the 18th chapter of Hilchot Isurabi'ah. This chapter will deal with different types of women uh, and the specifics of who a Kohen is prohibited to marry. Um, as, um, yes, it will speak specifically in regards to Ezona and Eshibuya, as we mentioned in, yes, and we'll also speak about um, different situations in which a woman is uh, believed if she um, claims uh, whatever she claims, as we'll see. The last part of the chapter will deal with a city uh, that was taken under siege and the status of the women in that city if they're considered shavuyot uh, or um, or not. Just as a refresher, uh, we mentioned in the previous chapter that there are three types of women that are prohibited for typical kohanim and four types of women that are prohibited to a kohen gadol. The three that are prohibited to a kohen are a gerusha, a zona, and a halala. And of the kohen gadol, it is a gerusha, zona, halala, and an almana. And we'll define exactly um, a zona in this chapter. Um, and I think I um, I read the first halacha of the last chapter just to give a little bit of context. Um, but we'll do it again inside um, right now. Hachamim taught um, through the Torah Shebe'alpe that the term zona that is mentioned in the Torah is any woman who is not the daughter of Israel or a daughter of Israel who had relations with a man with whom she is forbidden to marry when this prohibition applies equally to everyone um, in this category, not specifically to Kohanim, for example, or if she had relations with a halal, even though she is permitted to marry him. A halal is pretty much um, an unfit Kohen who, for example, is a child who was born out of a um, forbidden relationship for, uh, for a Kohen. So for example, if a Kohen married um, a um, Gerusha, that child would be a halal. So even though the woman is per permitted um, to marry the halal, um, she, if she had relations with a halal, she would be considered um, a zona. Lefikach, halacha bet. Hanirbat livhema, av alpi shehi biskila lo na'asat zona, velo nifsela la kihuna, shere lo niv'ala la adam. Therefore, any woman who had relations with an animal, even though she would be liable for the punishment of sekila. She would, her status did not become a zona, and she would not be disqualified um, to marry a kohen because she did not have relations with another um, person. Also, someone who had relations with a nida even though their relations would result in um, her being liable for karet, also he would be liable for karet, she does not, her status does not change to becoming a zona, and she is not disqualified for marrying a kohen because um, she 
was never forbidden to marry him. They could get married at a time in which she is not a nidah. So to someone who has relations with an unmarried woman. Even if she was a kedesha, um, as we mentioned in Hilchot um, Ishut, Perik Aleph, a kedesha is someone who had relations without a ketubah, nor um, with also she, um, Kiddushin was not done with her, and the Bi'ah was not Lashim Ishut, the Bi'ah was not for the purposes of marriage, and she made herself available to everyone. Even though she is liable for Malkut, her status does not change to becoming a Zona because she is not forbidden to marrying the guy. But a woman who had relations with a guy who would have been prohibit who would be prohibited to her by a negative commandment that would be that was equally applicable to everyone um, and not restricted to Kohanim. Or she was prohibited to him by a positive precept. And we don't need to mention, obviously, uh, someone who was prohibited to be with her um, because of it, it would create an erva relationship or to a goy or an evid. Because uh, she is prohibited to marry any of these types of people, if they, she had relations with them, her status would change to... Um, to a zona, and she would become a zona effectively. So to a woman who converted and a woman who was uh, freed, who was a servant who was freed, even if they converted and uh, were freed, when they were less than three years old, because of the fact, since they are not daughters of Israel, they are uh, considered to be a zona and would be prohibited to marry a kohen, as we mentioned in Halacha Aleph. Um, that kol she'ena bat Israel, any woman who is not the daughter of Israel. Mikan ameru halacha dalid. From this, they hahamim said, Goy o eved o natin o mamzer o ger amoni o moavi o mitzri va adomi rishon vesheni. Therefore, Hahamim stated the following. A goy, or a servant, or a natin, or a mamzer, or a uh, convert from Ammon or Moab, or um, a first or second generation Mitzri or Adomi, or a Petsua Daka, Chushofcha, as I mentioned in the previous chapters what that is, Someone who has, um, yes, um, who has a certain defection in his um, male organs, uh, defect in the male organs, rather, uh, or a halal that um, 
who had relations with a Jewish girl. Effectively, someone who had relations with, um, yes, with a Jewish girl would effectively make her a zona and would disqualify her from marrying a Kohen. And if she was a Kohenet and had relations with any of these types of people, she would be disqualified from eating the teruma. So to a Yevama, who someone other than her, um, then yes, yeah, someone other than the brothers, than the deceased brother who had relations with her, um, effectively makes her a zona. And Ailonit is permitted to marry a Kohen and is not considered to be a zona. Someone who has relations with one of the secondary forbidden relations or anything of that sort. Uh, for example, if he had um, relations with a relative of a woman with whom he did halitza to or to the halutza herself, he does not, if he had relations with her, he does not effectively make her a zona because she would not be prohibited to marry him from scriptural law, as we mentioned in Hilchot Yibum, Perik Aleph. From here, we learn that. Um, her change of status to a zona is not dependent on a forbidden relation. Because we find that someone who had relations with a nida or with a kedesha or a woman that had relations with an animal um, who had forbidden relations does not effectively make her a zona. And on the flip side, someone who had who married a halal and had permitted relations with him, as we will see in the next chapter, effectively makes her a zona. And Hanabam here lays out the rule that it is that. It is that her changing of status to a zona is only dependent on the specific type of impairment that the person with whom she has relations has. And as we mentioned um, just a few moments ago, who all those are. And Hahamim learned as we started um, this chapter um, that. This type of impairment is only from someone who is prohibited to be with her or um, with a halal, someone who is again in um, someone who is a halal, as we mentioned um, at the first um, first halakha in this chapter. Halakha zain. Kol hanivelet le'adam she'oseota zona. Anyone who has relations to a man who effectively makes her a zona, ben be'ones, ben be'ratzon, whether uh, forcefully or willingly, ben be'zadon, ben bishgaga, whether purposefully or in, in, unintentionally, 
whether they had relations in the normal way, whether in the um, atypical way. Once they began having relations, uh, she is disqualified because of her change in status to a zona. This is all provided she is um, above the age of three uh, and one day old. And the male and the guy has to be over nine years and one day old um, or above this age. Um, as you mentioned before, any um, a girl under the age of three years and one day and a guy under the age of nine and one day, their bi'a is not um, is not effective bi'a according to the halakha. Therefore, a married woman who had relations with someone else, whether willingly or unwillingly, she is effectively disqualified from marrying a Kohen because she had relations with someone who was prohibited to have relations with her, and effectively she is now a Zona. There also a um, the wife of a Kohen that was raped, if the Kohen had um, relations with her, He um, is liable for malkut because of the defilement that's involved. As the Pasuk says, that her first husband who sent her away cannot take her back and remarry her. This indicates the rule that all. Um, married women who have relations with other men are forbidden to their husbands. Um, the Torah then proceeds to accept the wife of a Jew who was raped, and nevertheless, she remains permitted to her husband, as the Torah says um, that she was um, not taken. But the wife of a Kohen, however, remains subject to the general prohibition because she, in fact, was, um, she became a Zona once she was raped. The raped wife of a regular Jew, while permitted to her husband, is forbidden to marry a Kohen. Eshet Kohen, halachatet, Eshet Kohen sheamra levaala, leenasti o shagagti uvaalai echad, o sheva ed echad heid aleha shezinat ben beones ben beratzon. 
the wife of a Kohen that comes to her husband and says that she was raped or that she made a mistake and had relations with someone or um, one person had relations with me or that one witness comes and testifies that she um, had forbidden relations, whether willingly or um, or forcefully, she is not prohibited to be with this Kohen because we suspect that she set her sights um, on another guy. But as we mentioned in Hilchot Ishut Perek Kavdalid, she loses the rights to her Ketuvah. She also loses the rights to the Tosefet um, because she um, admitted to to having forbidden relations with another guy while she is married and pretty much violated um, the uh, rules of um, of marriage, as we mentioned in Hilchot Ishut. But if he believes her, or if the one witness is someone that the husband believes, and he relies on what they say, he must divorce her in order to get rid of the doubt um, that is um, that just came about. And he must divorce her because to him she is, if again he believes um, the woman or if he believes the um, witness, in his, um, in his mind he is, she is definitely a zona because again they are believed and he relies on what they say. Even though this type of testimony would not be effective in um, Bedin. Because, as we mentioned in Hilchot Ishut, that Perek again, also Perek Kavdalid, that Bedin does not compel an individual to divorce his wife um, until two witnesses come and testify that his wife um, did Zenut in their presence, and only then do we force them to get divorced. But again, this is it's up to the husband in the case that she admits, or if there's one witness. Halacha Yod. Eshet Kohen she'amra leva'ala ne'enasti. Av'alpi she'hi mutev leva'ala k'moshu ba'anu. Harehi asura l'chuk kohen she'ba'olam. Achar she'yamut ba'ala. She'are hodat she'hi zona ve'asra atzma ve'na'asa k'hatikha ha'asura. The wife, if a wife of a Kohen tells her husband that she was raped, even though she is permitted to her husband, as we mentioned, she is nevertheless forbidden to any other Kohen in the world after her husband's death because she admitted to being a zona and rendered herself prohibited, just like a person who declares a certain piece of meat forbidden uh, to himself. Halacha Yod Aleph. Kohen shekidesh isha gedola o ketana, a kohen who betrothed, who did kiddushin and betrothed a woman um, who was a minor or an adult. And after some time had relations with her, then claims that he found that she had relations with another guy. She is prohibited uh, on him 
because of the doubt that because yes, because it, it we're not sure if she had relations prior or after he did kiddushin to her. But in contrast, if a regular Jew makes this claim, she is not forbidden to the um, to the regular Jew. Because in this case, there is something called a safik sefika or a double doubt. The rule with a safik sefika is that a safik sefika is mutar. When we have a case of a double doubt, um, it is the case is um, permitted. As for example, if anyone wants to look up Hilchod Ma'achalot Asurot Peret Tetzain Halacha Aleph. And this is a rule from stemming from the Talmud. So the double doubt is the following: with again the regular Jew who claims that he that who did kiddushin to a woman and then claims that she had um, relations after again he did the kiddushin with her. Shema kodem kiddushin, shema ahar kiddushin, va'afilu nomar ahar kiddushin, shema be'ones, shema berason, sha'anu samuter Israel kemo shebe'arnu. The double doubt, the safek sefeka, is the following. First, the first doubt is whether it happened before or after the kiddushin. And the second one is if it happened after, and if the second doubt is the following. If we assume that it happened after the kiddushin, we have a doubt whether it was against her will or with her consent. And since a Women who was raped, obviously against her will, is permitted to a regular Israelite. He would be um, permitted to um, continue to marry her, to marry him, and continue to be with him, as we mentioned um, just a couple of halachot ago. Lefikach im kidesha aviha. Therefore, if a girl's father betrothes her to a regular Jew when she is less than three years and one day old, and after some time the Jew alleges that he found her, that he found that she had relations with another guy, she would be forbidden to him because there's only one doubt in this case, and that doubt is whether it happened against her will or with her, um, or with her consent, because the guy, because we can't claim that she had relations before the kiddushin, because anyone who had relations prior to the kiddushin in this case namely that they he had a that they had relations before the age of three um we say that her betulim came back and that she and we can't make that claim that she had relations before again before the kiddushin because um she was less than three years old and any doubt of um 
of a scriptural, scriptural prohibition. Um, we are always more stringent in this case. Um, yes, this case obviously would be a sefek deoraita. Halacha yod bet. No, mechila halacha yod gima. Any woman who was warned by her husband not to be secluded with some guy, and she in fact was secluded with him, and she did not drink the waters of the sota, this woman would be forbidden to be with a kohen. Because we have a doubt whether she is a zona or not. Whether she herself does not want wish to drink the meham the mesuta, or if the the husband doesn't want her to drink the mesuta. Whether there were witnesses that claim that she that yes, there are witnesses that um didn't allow her to testify. For example, if there was one witness that claimed that she had relations and was defiled, in which case she would not drink the meha marim, or whether she was warned by the betin, as we mentioned in the Chotzota, that the betin has the right to warn a woman for a husband who, for, for example, um, was um, deaf, or who became mentally incapacitated or went um, to a faraway city. Or if she was a type of woman that um, would not be eligible to drink the mesuta, for example, in Arusa. Because um, she did not drink in any of these cases to check if she had relations or not, um, she would be prohibited to a kohen because we are we have a doubt whether she had relations um, or not, and this is also again a sefek de oraita. Penuya halacha yod dalit. Penuya shirauha ba'ala shirauha she A an unmarried woman who was um, seen that had relations to someone and then he left. They asked the women, who is this guy that had relations with you? And she said that he was a man who had um, who had valid descent and was kasher. She is to be believed. And not only this, even also if we find that she was pregnant, and we ask her, from whom have you become pregnant? And she says that I, I am pregnant from a valid guy. She is believed and she would be permitted to marry a Kohen. When does this apply? This is this only applies in a type of public place, for example, that she had relations um, in a um, type of crossroad 
or in the corner of a field that everyone passes by there. And the majority of the people there are, uh, the, people, the majority of people who pass by there are valid. And also the inhabitants of, this, of the city from who these passerbys came from are valid. And if you notice, as we'll see explicitly um, in the next couple of lines, um, if you notice, Harambam here requires two um, rubot. First, the, major, first the uh, majority of the passerby have to be kasher, and the majority of the people in the city have to be kasher as well. Because Chachamim established a higher standard for matters of yuhasin, for matters of descent, and required a double majority, as I just mentioned. <laughs> But if the majority of the people who passed by there are of invalid descent, for example, they were goyim or mamzerim or anything of that sort, they render her invalid, even if the majority of the people of that city from where they came from are valid, or if the majority of the inhabitants of the city are, have, are of um, invalid descent, even though the majority of the passerbys are valid, um, we suspect that um, she may have had relations with the one who is invalid, and she cannot marry a kohen, a priori. And if she does, in fact, marry a kohen, if she does marry a kohen and ignores um, this halacha, and she has only one of the rubot, she does not uh, need to get divorced. Halacha tet zayin. If she was seen to have relations in the city or she was pregnant in a city, even if only one of the inhabitants of the city was a goy or a halal or a servant of anything of that sort, this type of women cannot, from the outset, marry a kohen. Because any situation in which we have a fixed object, for example, this woman is fixed in the city, and the people are also fixed in the city, Yes, that she is, um, there's no Puresh, there's no, um, there's nothing that was separated in contrast to the previous Talacha, that the women is a fixed object in this case, and the possibility of what is permitted and prohibited in the case in which there is a fixed object is equal, and the probability that in this case, again, of a fixed object, that um, the women again is the fixed object, because she was fixed in the city. So the probability in this case that she slept with um, one of these types of people, the Goy or Halal or, or an Evid, is 50-50.
But if she did ignore this again and marry, um, she does not need to get divorced because she claims that she married someone who was, um, she had relations rather with someone who was valid. And again, these two, um, these two prim- principles of rov and um, kavua, I'll just spell it out a little bit more explicitly. Um, Kol de parish miruba parish. That's um, the rule that's relevant for the previous halacha. So in the previous halacha, that you have people and the women who were separate from the city, that they were in again one of those places that I mentioned that um, the majority of the inhabitants were Jews, and again we require the double majority because it is um, because Chachamim made a ma'alab yuhasin they made a higher standard for matters of Yehus. So because, um, again, the previous halacha was the case that the there were what, it wasn't a fixed object. The people and the women herself weren't fixed. The people themselves, rather, weren't fixed objects. Um, the rule for that halacha is called the parish miruba parish, that we assume that um, because they, again, were separated, we assume that they were separated from the majority. But in this halakha, uh, because everything occurred in the city and they, everyone is fixed in the city, um, we, the rule for this case is kol ha-kavua We um, The possibility, again, of what um, was prohibited and what was permissible is equal, and we judge even if, again, there was only one goy in the entire city, because the whole thing is um, fixed, um, we judge this as a 50-50 shot, and um, she should not, from the outset, marry um, marry a uh, marry a kohen. If the woman was mute or deaf, or she amira any yuda lemini v'alti, or if she said, I do not know to whom I had relations with, or if she was a minor who doesn't know the difference between someone who is valid and someone who is invalid, this woman is a suffix and if she married a Kohen, she must get divorced again because this is a suffix in this case. Unless the two majorities um, from which the guy came from were um, kasher, were valid. Now we'll move on to um, the topic of a shivuya and her status. A captive woman who was freed and she is three years and one day old, which is again is less um, less than this is not a woman is not um, if someone has relations with this type of woman again of less of under the age of three days three years and one day it is not considered bi'ah. This type of woman who again was a captive woman above the age of three years and one day would be prohibited to marry a kohen and disqualified because she is a sefek zona because um, we suspect that she had relations with a goy. Even if, and if she has a witness that she was never secluded with a goy, she would be valid to marry a kohen. 
And regarding this type of testimony, a servant or a maidservant or um, so, or a relative would be valid for this type of testimony. And two women who were captive together, who testified for one another, would be um, believed for this type of testimony. Since, since um, yes, since all, since the prohibition of all doubtful cases is derabanan, hahamim were lenient in the case of a shavuya, because again, we are in doubt if she had a relation with if the shavuya had relations with the goy, and the rule is that any again any safek is automatically midivre. Um, Soferim is automatically um, rabbinic. Um, this is the view of Harambam, and there are um, some um, opinions that differ from Harambam, but um, that is the way um, the Mishneh Torah pretty much is built, and Harambam has uh, and applies this rule um, and this logic um, to a number of other halachot. Halacha um, yod tet. Again, this is the logic of the Kolasefekot Kulan Midivre Soferim. Halacha Yod Tet. Sorry, Halacha, yes, Halacha Yod Tet. Vechen Katan Shaya Messiah Lefitumo Neeman. So too, a minor who was speaking casually and innocently is believed for this type of testimony. There was a case that there was a minor um, who was who was taken captive with his mother. And he spoke innocently and said the following. We were captive amongst Goyim. That whenever that whenever he um, would go and draw water, his mind um, was on his mother and he paid attention to her, meaning he was watching her. And whenever he went to collect brand wood, um, he paid and was watching his mother. And the Chachamim um, actually um, had her marry a Kohen ba based on this minor's testimony. Halacha Kaf. A husband is not believed to testify for his captive wife that she was not defiled because a person cannot testify on his own behalf. So to her female servant cannot testify for her. But the servant of her husband can testify for her. But her her servant, who was speaking innocently, is believed for this type of testimony. A kohen who testified for a captive woman that she was um, not defiled, he may her he himself may not marry her because it's possible that he set his sights on her and wishes to marry her, and that's the only reason why he is testifying for her. 
But if he paid the ransom and then testified on her behalf, uh, he may marry her. Because if he didn't know for a fact that she was not defiled, he would not have paid uh, to paid the ransom for her and um, and married her. And yeah, and he would not. Yes, he would not have paid for her to be freed if he didn't know that she was definitely not defiled. Halacha kaf bet. Ha'isha she'amira nishbeti uthora'ani ne'emenet she'apeh she'asar hu'apeh she'itir. Ba'afilu ha'yasham ed echad she'me'id she'hi shavuya. If a woman herself claims that she was uh, taken captive but she was um, not defiled, she is believed because the mouth that forbade is the mouth that permits. And in this case, she herself um, for um, yes, she herself uh, makes this claim that she was a prisoner, but she permitted herself um, by saying that she was tehora, because again, we had no reason to suspect that she was taken captive, but she herself makes this claim. And even though there was one witness who testifies that she was a shavuya, that one witness is not enough. But if there are two witnesses that testify that she was taken captive, she is not believed because we accept the testimony of the two people that she was um, taken captive. And we don't have the case of a because again, we have two witnesses that claim that she was um, taken prisoner until um, she is only believed until um, we have one witness, um, and it can be any of the witnesses that we mentioned previously who claims that she was um, tehora. Because again, Chachamim were more lenient in the case of a Shavuya. Halacha kaf gima. Hayu edim shenishbet. If there are two witnesses that claim that she was taken prison, prisoner, ve'edehad me'ish shenitmet. And there was one witness that claims that she was defiled. And there was and one witness comes forward and contradicts this other witness and claims that she was not defiled. And a goy was not secluded with her until she was freed. Even if that person who testified on her behalf that she was not defiled, um, the test, the person who testified is a woman or a maidservant, she would be um, permitted and we accept this testimony. A woman who claimed that she was taken prisoner, but she was not defiled. And the court um, permitted her to marry someone and then later on two witnesses come and testify that she was um, in prison um, she may marry from the outset her status um, does not change um, because again um, she claimed um, that she she first came forth and claimed that um, she was uh, she was imprisoned and that she was um, not defiled. This again is the case. This is, follows the rules of a pesha saru, a pesha 
And then Bedin um, um, permitted her and allowed her to marry someone else. Um, we don't listen again to the two witnesses that come and testify that she was in prison after Chachamim gave her this, um, or gave her the permission to marry someone. Even if her captor came right after we accept um, her testimony, and she is currently still a captive in the hands of her captor, she does, her permitted status does not change. She must be guarded um, from now until she is freed. Because we don't, once the Bedin um, releases um, and allow, releases her and gives her the status um, and allow, gives her permission to marry, um, we don't um, retract this pretty much under any circumstance. If two witnesses come and testify after she was defiled, even if she married and even if she had children, she must um, get divorced. But if one witness comes, uh, he has no legal standing and we don't listen to him. If she claims that she was imprisoned, but she is, um, she was not defiled, and she has witnesses that she is, wasn't defiled, we don't wait until the witnesses come. Rather, we allow her to um, marry immediately. Not only this, even if there were rumors that, um, even if there are rumors circulating that there that there are witnesses that um, claim that she is that she was defiled, we um, permit her to marry someone else until these witnesses come. Again, as we mentioned in the case of a imprisoned woman, Chachamim um, were more lenient and this is just another example of how um hahamim really um were pretty much looking out for the rights of people who were um disadvantaged especially um in imprisoned women and they knew that if um they would make it difficult um for her and we would listen to rumors that there were edetuma it would be significantly harder for her to get married so hahamim again um were so progressive in this way and really um, and really had their sights out uh, to make life easier for a shavuya and in general women who were um, disadvantaged. As we saw with um, with Agunot in the Girushin as well. Halacha kaf vav ha'av she'amar kidashti et biti ve'gerashtiha. A father who claimed that I gave my daughter to um, some guy to get married and then had her divorced while she was a minor, he is believed. But if he claims that 
he married her off and then had her divorced while she was a minor. But in reality, she is um, now um, an adult. He is not believed to assume her status as a gerusha. Nishbet ufditiha, if he claims that uh, she was imprisoned and he um, paid off the ransom and freed her, ben shehi gedula, ben shehi ketana enone eman, whether she is a minor or if she is um, an adult, he is not believed. Because the Torah only validated his claims only in regards to um, prohibit her um, yes, only to render her forbidden as a married woman. Because the Torah only um, gives his claim credence in um, the case where he says that I gave my daughter onto this man, meaning he can forbid her, render her forbidden as an eshet ish. But he, the Torah did not give him credence to invalidate her um, as and and change her status to a zona. The wife of a Kohen who was prohibited to be with him because she uh, was a Shivuya, she was taken captive. Because it is um, a doubt, because this case is, is a doubt, again, as we mentioned with a Shivuya, the whole thing is a doubt if a Goy had relations with her or not. Since again, this is a it is a suffix, she is permitted to uh, live with him in the same courtyard, provided that he has children and children and people around him uh, that live in the same house to guard him not to have relations um, with her. And this is not the case of a typical. Gerusha uh, of a Kohen, that the Gerusha of a Kohen would be prohibited to live in the same courtyard as him, as Be'ezat Hashem will see in Perek Kaf Aleph. Now, the final part of this chapter will deal with um, certain um, unfortunate situations in which a Jewish city was sieged and the status of the women in this type of city. Halacha Kaf if a city was sieged and captured, if the city was totally surrounded by non-Jewish soldiers so that no woman could have escaped without being seen and fallen into her hands and in their domain, all the women in this type of city are invalid to invalid to marry are invalid or disqualified to marry a kohen just like any other shivuya. Because we suspect that um, they um, had that they had that they were taken and had relations with goyim. Unless they were three years old or less, as we mentioned 
um, previously in this chapter. But if it is possible that one of the women may have escaped and the Goyim would never have known about it, or if there was a hidden place in the city, even if that hidden place um, can only hold one woman at a time, this um, presumption and this um, this yes, this type of women frees all of them, as we'll see. Ketzad matzelet. How exactly does she free all of these women? Again, if it's possible for the women to escape without the goyim knowing about it, or if there was a hidden place in the city. This, this type of woman, again, saves all of the women. How does she save the other women of the city? Any woman that claims that she was not defiled is believed, even though she does not have a witness. This claim that the women um, that this woman makes is something called migo or mitoch in Hebrew. Migo means mitoch in Hebrew. That it is a legal claim that um, yes, it's a claim that someone makes that if the person was lying, she could have made a much more powerful claim. And from the fact that she didn't make the more powerful claim, that person is believed. So in this case, from the fact that she could have said that she escaped once the city was captured, or that she was in a hidden place and she was saved, um, which would have been a more powerful claim than simply saying tehora ani, that um, again, if yes, if there is the possibility again of the uh, women who escaped, or if there was a, a hiding place for a woman, nitmeti. She and she also would have been yes, she would have been believed if she would have said that she was she did not escape and she did not she was not taken cap she did not hide and she was not. Defiled. And all of these, again, all of these um, claims are much more powerful than if she would have claimed um, Tehorani. Um, yes, Tehorani in this type of case. Halakha. Uh, when does all of this apply? When the attacking army was from the same kingdom. Because they settle in that city without fear. And only um, in this type of case, we suspect that they um, had relations with the soldiers. But soldiers 
um, an, an army from another kingdom that raided and overran the city and then passed on. Lo hanashim, the women would not be forbidden. leave all because the soldiers from another kingdom did, would not have time to have relations. because they are busy in pillaging and looting the city and then um, leave. But if women, um, if there are women that are taken captive and be, and are made under the um, soldiers and the army's control domain, even though um, the Jews chased after them and saved these women, they would still be. Um, prohibited and disqualified from the kehuna, because again we assume that um, once they were taken captive by these visiting army, they are um, they were um, defiled. Halacha lamed aleph final halacha. Haisha beyad goyim, a woman who was imprisoned um, by goyim. If she was imprisoned because of a monetary or a property case, she um, is permitted to marry a Kohen. But if she was imprisoned because of a capital crime, she would be disqualified and prohibited to marry a Kohen. Therefore, if her husband was a Kohen, she would be permitted, prohibited to be with him. When does this apply? This applies only when um, the power of Jew of the Jewish people is um, strong over the goyim, and the goyim fear the Jews. But during a time that the goyim are more powerful than us, even if she was imprisoned for a uh, monetary crime, once she uh, is in the domain of Goyim, she is prohibited to and disqualified to be with a Kohen, um, to marry a Kohen. And again, obviously, if her husband was a Kohen, she was, she's prohibited to have relations with him unless um, one witness comes forth and testifies for her just as with a case of a shivuya, as we mentioned um, previously in this chapter, Baruch Adonai Le'olam, Amen Amen.